Hello, universe. Ye of favored symmetry and other balanced approaches to what appear to be the physical manifestation of matter in its cause and effect formations, at least. The five hands on my left hand and the five hands on my right hand say so. Had I only nine fingers, then this would be like the 70th episode, but having 10, well, this is the 63rd episode. And uh, yeah, that, that was stoner math at its worst, but for those of you who are stoned, you probably followed me exactly. Um, <clears throat> you know what's the best thing about doing something 62 times? Is that you get into a routine where if you discover something on the 63rd time that might make everything better, it's like, oh yeah, oh right, maybe I have found that. With my headphone microphone, Samsung Galaxy S4, set up for recording my voice. I am obviously uh, killing any chance of that being true by jumping the shark here with my karma on the actual conversation of this supposed recording that will create the superlative listening experience that I'm always trying to provide you. Not nearly that dramatically either, but... Um, you know, I'm in rare indica form right now, and I do like indica. You just have to be almost on the verge of calling it quits to call it an indica night. And since this is episode 10, number 63, on the next round of episodes from 54 to uh, 106, the episodes 63, 73, 83, 93 and 103 will be reflective episodes on the previous 10, in this case only 9, but going forward 10, in terms of errors, omissions, mistakes, things I wish I had said differently, things I forgot to finish, yada yada. In other words, cleaning up my mistakes. And some of these can last a while. Uh, I don't know if this one will or not, because the last 9 episodes I'm fairly happy with. And I... <laughs> I'm fairly happy with them because I had no expectation of them whatsoever. That's number one. Um, I'm fairly happy with them because overall I don't think the um, listening experience is terrible in too many instances. Though uh, <laughs> at one point I say the single most nonsensical ten words I've put together yet. Um, and I thought it was a nice mix of remembering... Uh, the good and the bad, as well as experiencing the productive and the could be more productive and the feeling good but could be feeling better. Um, so, if I were to give those first nine episodes an overall grade in terms of how much I like them, well, I'd give them uh, at least an A minus. Uh, and yet, that doesn't mean I didn't make quite a few mistakes and have some things here that I really do need to clear up and say, if nothing else, uh, at least with the clarity that I should have said it the first time. And, <laughs> you know, it's funny, I can't believe that I couldn't remember in the moment the word that I lost to Seattle Rain with, because to this day I still honestly have a little trouble spelling this word. And that is, well, definitely. The word I missed was indefinitely, but that wasn't the tricky part. Um, and for whatever reason, I want to spell definitely with an A. Uh, instead of definitely, I want to spell it definately, definitely, definitely. Um, 
And I'll tell you this, when indefinitely was the word called, I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> and so, hey, what can you do? Uh, I also have trouble spelling the word restaurant. Just being straight up, those are the two words that I've gone to the dictionary more than my fair share of time to make sure I'm spelling them correctly. Um, <clears throat> don't cry over spilled milk. Terrible cliche because I just hate the, the visual uh, representation of crying babies and spilled milk and that just seems like chaos, right? And if you're ever going to cry, like that's a situation where you might find me going, oh, I hate my life, start sobbing. But that's why I hate the cliche. I certainly love the sentiment of it. Don't cry over spilled milk is absolutely correct. But it comes nowhere near being my least favorite cliche because our thoughts and prayers go out to them. Wins by a mile. <laughs> Wins by nobody else is even in the same arena. Even if it's a quicksand arena that they fell into from a Star Wars universe, they are not in that arena. Because the only thing falling into that quicksand arena are thoughts and prayers. And I don't mean that in the sentimental way. I mean that in the full-on cynical way. Of course I do. <clears throat> uh, Einstein's biggest letdown, as anyone who has uh, studied Einstein's later career at all, is that he never came up with the, universe, the universal uh, theory of, the, of motion and gravity in space and time. Equals MC squared describes how matter and energy relate, but it, no one has solved gravity. And Einstein never did either. There is no universal equation of the motion of matter and energy in relation to space and time. And that doesn't mean that there isn't cause and effect, there isn't Newton's laws of, of motion, all of that stuff. Yes, obviously. But we still haven't come down with one fundamental universal law of physics. And now we've got dark matter, we've got dark energy. We're getting further away from it than ever. And hello, Einstein. Don't worry about your legacy. It is still the greatest of all time. I often use the joke, I wish I was as good at blank as Einstein was at doing physics. Because in certain disciplines where everyone else pales in comparison, well, you're the quintessential example, Mr. Crazy Tongue Out. What were you doing in that photo? I love it. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so I am, um, I am, hmm. I don't know why I reacted the way I did about uh, Atari Combat Cartridge, because I didn't hurt him. But I went out that day to fight, to cause someone else distress, to make someone else's life harder. Um, and I think in the ultimate scheme of things, to me, that's hurting people. You can't hurt people. You can't go out with anything other than kindness, forgiving, forgiveness, and understanding. And if you do that, how many fights are you gonna get into? especially ones that you're premeditating. <laughs> None. Um, that doesn't mean <laughs> that even in those circumstances you can't end up in a fight, right? I've been in, as described, three fights in my life. And really I've been in four after thinking about it. Because, um, well, if you count getting slapped, which I think some people would, then five. <laughs> but, uh, the fourth one, I will save for a much later series of, of conversations. The third one is, um, 
an experience I had with some buddies in a bar. The second one is the uh, clash I had with my best friend from uh, my childhood, Andrew. And the first one was the Don King-esque see you in the playground recess fighting arena against Atari combat cartridge. Uh, uh, you know, you can't hurt people. And that will make me break down again if I think about it too hard. So you just can't hurt people, period. But <laughs> the, the one other fight I've been in, and again, this is not a fair description. Uh, I, had, I had been, I was, I was out with some friends. This is going back to um, people I knew in high school. Being back in Denver during college and being out with people my group of three met another group of three and we all went to this bar together. And at this bar, the six of us, all guys, um, start playing competitive pool and darts, I believe, but darts for sure, against another group of five or six guys. And I'm not really into this. I'm actually pretty good at darts and pool. Um, so uh, I'm not, I always kind of back off and let other people play. But I remember that I had played the first game of darts and had slaughtered the guy I played. And that's what started like team darts. And I played in the next round, I won again, and then I was out. So over the course of the next hour, filtering back and forth, people are playing competitively, both in groups and against this group, um, and get drinking. And uh, at, at some point, machismo and tempers flare. And I wasn't a part of it, but I was certainly aware that, you know, the the uh, the dark game was getting more and more heated. And <laughs> anyhow, nothing officially happens until things spill into the parking lot. And by official, I don't mean like, oh my gosh, you know, shit's going down at recess. I mean, as we're leaving, one of the guys that was there, and I only knew, I knew the two guys I was with very well. I knew one of the guys from the other threesome very well. And then I knew one of the other guys from that threesome, kind of, and he was a hothead. And then I didn't know the, th the sixth guy at all. He was there for the first time I met him that night. And, uh, and so it's him and the hothead that are causing the trouble. And I'm not sure that they're actually causing the trouble. I think they were getting baited by the other guys. The other guys were ready to fight. And I say that because when we spilled into the parking lot, the hothead and one of the other guys started going at each other and then a punch was thrown by the hothead and he knocked the other guy down which is when and i'm facing the direction that can see what's going on but i'm talking to a guy who's facing away from it and when 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 i see the actual punch land i think oh fuck, because that's the moment that it turned that, the, that his friends start turning and coming at us hang on And by coming at us, I don't mean like all of a sudden guns are out and things are blazing. I just mean there's an aggressive move for the groups to sort of go at each other in response to this punch. And what happens is one of their guys is coming <coughs> to my friend whose back <coughs> is to the... <coughs> oh my God, that was a big one. Hang on. To my friend whose back is to the action and speaking to me. So I instinctively move him away to brush him away in sort of a defensive move posturing to keep us from getting hurt and and to almost 
turtle up, if you will, I suppose, uh, a rush from anything coming at us that he can't see. But in so doing, my arm cocks back and I instinctively throw forward at the guy coming at us, but he's coming at my friend who I push out of the way. So basically I clean cold cock him. He doesn't see it coming at all. And I land it thump. I mean, I, I knock him down. So <laughs> in what can only be described as the stupidest lucky punch of all time. And I know I connect because I've never hit anyone except this guy. And when it, when I made contact, I could feel my, mo I could feel my momentum was perfectly extending through the punch. Like I could feel myself hurt him, um, physically and, uh, and knocked him down and knocked him down. Good. I thought I knocked him out and I may have, I may have stunned him. I, I just got lucky. I punched him right in the temple and, uh, and, and, you know, I say I got lucky, but I could have hurt the guy. I really could have hurt the guy. He did not see my fist coming because my friend ducked before he could have even reacted. And there was a fist and bam, I hit him. Um, what it did, though, is stop that fight right there. Nobody else got hurt. Nobody else even moved. Um, my friend, the lunatic, not lunatic, he's not a lunatic. He's just, when he's drunk, he can be aggressive and he's ready to, to get into scuffles. But... Uh, even he wasn't ready for six on six. Nobody is. I don't think really, I hope. Um, and so that's the one other fight I've been in. And, uh, <laughs> for, for, you know, the next couple of years of my life, that story made the rounds. And, uh, and for a kid who had done nothing in his fighting career, except hold Atari combat cartridge in a headlock. Well, I guess I finally had my story that, let me off the hook for ever needing to throw another punch. So I've never been in another fight. <clears throat> well, I, I was thrown into a fence by an ex-girlfriend and deserved it. So I guess technically that would be a fight. Um, all right. Uh, okay, but in that same recording i believe that i say at one point it and it's not clear so i'm clearing it up for sure that violence and fighting are not part of us ascending and and elevating our humanity it, it it sounds like i might say are a part as if we're gonna have to fight our way through that no 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 um it it's unclear enough that i'm being completely clear here if all violence and fighting could stop today that's the best possible solution while that isn't conceivable other things are um i don't think violence and fighting have to be i don't i don't believe that we're to the point that those are still items that we can't work our way through this without now are we are we closer to that every time i look yeah but we're still far enough away that i believe we can settle this without violence and fighting and by that i mean we can ascend as a species through given or through kindness forgiveness and understanding and truth and opportunity <clears throat> and embracing each other. Uh, um, I do mention a scenario about cheating on a woman I dated for eight weeks with her roommate. I did not do that, but I'm sure I've done worse things. 
I just had spit out an example, and in retrospect, it sounds like that was me reflecting on something I'd actually done. It was just a hypothetical. But I don't want to pretend that I couldn't have done that. And maybe somewhere I did. I actually tried to think if I qualified for that. So <clears throat> obviously, I might as well have done it. Um, but I didn't actually do that. I don't think. <laughs> um, and I don't mean to laugh at that. That's pathetic. That is dismissive of women. And, uh, and so laughing there is just my own discomfort. Uh, I also say at one point that I'm 52 years and nine months old. I'm not. Technically, I'm 52 years, seven and a half months old, almost to the day. But I'm not 52 years old and nine months. Nope. Uh, I doubt physics. Yes, I do. Unfortunately, there is enough. Um, there is enough lying wherever you want to look for it that if you look deep enough into the structure of what we're sitting on top of, you can find lies, even in physics. And I'm not just speaking about dark energy and dark matter. I'm not speaking about us not having it all figured out. I'm not speaking about us being wrong about certain things, but right about other things. I'm talking about fundamental, foundational flaws in our models. And I'll get way more into that in, in, spaces where it's appropriate. <clears throat> I definitely regret and regret a lot that I laughed at those who I um, implied had empty souls or had work to do to fill their souls. Everyone has a full soul, but not everyone is feeding it. So even if you, even if I'm implying your soul is empty, I'm just implying your soul is starving. Um, it's not, your soul is full. <laughs> But you have an opportunity here to fill it with joy that you only have in a 3D universe. So filling it with material joy doesn't do that. I guess that is a lot clearer statement as to where I was trying to draw a line. Uh, <laughs> I was not drawing very clear lines in my influence chatter uh, that ran over... My cup raneth over into two episodes on that particular one. More than that, really. But it definitely intentionally ran over in two episodes. And I think if you think of those two episodes as influencer versus influenced, that's one way that I think is good. And <clears throat> we're always influenced, influencing. What, whatever we do, even as I sit in this house totally alone, I'm influencing and being influenced by... Um, both my actions and everything happening in the universe simultaneously. And, and I recognize that. That's how I have found meaning in the real moment that is my true experience now as I sit in my bathroom and pee. Sorry, folks, but that's the way it's going to be. Um, <laughs> I couldn't find the pause button. Uh, so you can just, uh, I, I'll, I will make an agreement and I won't flush, okay? That way you can just pretend this never happened and uh, I can go on with uh, not having to worry about the cat and the dog getting in the bathroom for the next half hour. Um, do I feel like an influencer? Do I feel like I'm being influenced? I feel like I'm both always simultaneously and I will never be neither. I will always be both until I no longer am taking action in the universe. How can you be alive and engaged and not be both? You are. And I'm not just talking human to human. And I'm not talking to human to dog. I'm not just talking human to plant. I'm talking influence across the entire spectrum 
of the existence of time and space. You are a part of that. <coughs> Undeniably a part of that. Sorry for the cough, that was rude. Hopefully that will cease any further instances. All right, a little hypocrisy. Actually, that's not true. One of the things I'm finding very enjoyable about keeping a daily diary is finding the inconsistencies in my own logic. Love it. Because it forces me to decide, what do I really believe here? For instance, how can emotional reactions be problematic, especially when I coin them as 90% problematic, even though I back off from that immediately? 90% still means I believe they're at least 75%, right? How can I claim emotional reactions are problematic if I feel like what completed me as a person was bringing my emotional side into full embrace and recognizing the value it has as who I am. Don't those two statements make no sense in conjunction? Well, I can see that point, but clarifying what I mean is we are, we are emotional creatures, period. Now, you can suppress your emotions, you can mismanage your emotions, you can redirect your emotions, you can uh, allow your emotions to take control of you. You can be guided by your emotions. You can be completely and totally controlled through your emotions. But all of that is just kind of yours to sort out, deal with, and figure out. However, if you try to tell us that emotional reaction was part of the deal, we're going to tell you, well, listen, little girl, tighten up your waistband and put on some pants and fucking call it a show and get off the stage if you can't handle the pressure. Uh, in other words, emotions are weak and all of that misogyny implied in that last stream of consciousness, um, conversation. I immediately apologize for now. I do not think of women as weak. If anything, I think of men as weak, but that is definitely a conversation for another day until that other day. Um, know that, uh, emotions for me, though I believed as everyone had told me that they were a source of weakness, turned out to be the source of my strength. And so, yes, did I have emotional overreactions and misappropriate reactions, inappropriate reactions that caused me stress and challenged my life in ways that had I been more emotionally uh, composed, emotionally mature, emotionally capable, uh, my life might have uh, transpired more easily? Absolutely. It took me learning how to be the emotional self that I am by being an emotional misstepping self until I learned how to course correct into one that is positive. Why did everybody else have perfect emotional role models? Cause I didn't, it was all self-taught and it was all self-taught in the worst possible way. Oh, what do you use a hammer for? I wonder if you use it to bang on your hand. Oh, well, not, not that part of your hand. Maybe this part of your hand. Oh, Oh, nope, must be something you use to bang on your fingers. Oh, God, what do you use this thing for? Must be to bang on your feet. Oh, if that's how you're going to go through life, figuring out your emotions, then I hope nobody ever hands you a hammer. Because, trust me, your emotional reactions will be problematic. So how do you make them flower, right? Well, for one, you talk about them. 
you experience them, you embrace them, you stop caring if you cry a little as a guy. You show your emotions in a way that is healthy. You experience them as they're occurring. You figure out where they're coming from. Are they justified? Are you reacting emotionally because you're bringing baggage from another situation? In other words, are you emotionally overreacting? You're going to have to go through the hard work of figuring out what the center for you is in your emotional makeup. And then, once you have your baseline, then you can work toward feeding yourself nutrients. For me, helping people who need help is a nutrient to my emotional state. I'm still glowing from being in a position to get to play support guy. Seriously. I don't care how pathetic you think that is. That's me. That's what makes me feel good. So now my emotions are flowering. So what does that do? It means that the next person I run into who's in sort of an emotional tepid state is going to react to my flowering. They'll find something in their emotional makeup that will get a little healthier that day because my emotional state is flowering outward. Now, if yours is sitting there withering, then not only are you costing yourself all that comes with emotional tranquility, but you're also sucking the emotional daylight from people whose buds are barely open. You can't take my emotional happiness away, but you can certainly smother that of other people. And so I guess when I say look for emotional flowering, also recognize people in in charmed emotional states and gravitate toward them. I promise you they will help deliver you into a, a higher emotional vibration. And it is through all of this, and this is a point that I dropped early, but it is through all of this that I am starting to reshape and make up for the damage that I had done to those around me that care about me. I have found how to love myself, and because I can love myself, I'm giving them room to love me again. And you watch. It's going to work. <clears throat> all right. Now, does this mean that I got all the answers? No. doesn't even mean I have any answers. It means I think I have some answers for some of the shit that I've pulled in my life to make my life vibrate at a hum that is better than it's been vibrating. That's not a whole lot of a bar to have set to try to achieve any kind of outcome. I believe I can do that. Now, what do I also believe? I believe, I believe. Oh. I believe that I forgot to tell you that it's the 7th of February. Maybe I did. It's now 11.15. So we're getting to the end of this, I promise, I promise, I promise. Um, but I'm a sucker for feeling overlooked. And I didn't really let that thread get any more traction than just saying it. But I've come to know that one of my biggest problems is thinking that I'm not being appreciated when I'm definitely being appreciated. And boy, if there's an ugly image for a white American male to portray, it's one of feeling underappreciated when in fact he's been appreciated. I mean, if that's not a punchable face, I don't know what is. So, at one point I even put the uh, ratio at 115 things unaddressed in the positive column to one addressed thing in the negative column. All right. It, not only is that hyperbole, but it's the kind of unjust uh, statistic lying that needs to be addressed. So taking myself to task, I just started listing out 
the people I could remember were at least telling me that I was doing a good job, had done something well, or was doing something uh, above and beyond the expectation at that point. And you know what I was able to do in a department full of 11 people? I was able to name eight of them. The ninth person is somebody I never work with. He works one day a week and he works in the mornings. So I've literally worked with him for one hour. And he may have even complimented me in that hour and I just don't remember it. The 10th person is the department boss. And yes, he's never complimented me directly, but he has given me the equivalent of the corporate compliment, which is a little $5 gift certificate you can use to shop in the store. And he's not the only manager that's done that. The store manager herself has not done that, but the next manager down in the store has done that. Both the managers below her have complimented my work early in the first week. Um, and the assistant manager in the department has also given me one of those $5 compliment cards. So I've gotten $15 worth of compliments that way. All of my coworkers, except the one that I work with for one hour, have given me a direct compliment, if not multiple. And there I was naming an injustice of 115 to one. So I actually got a cold piece of ham out of the fridge and slapped myself with it for that. <clears throat> and if you had been here, I would have allowed you to do the same. I deserved it. But I'm a sucker for feeling overlooked right? That's the point. I feel like I'm feeling overlooked when I'm not overlooked at all. So what February for me is going to be about is identifying <laughs> how easy a mark I am to have myself go, well, why is nobody noticing me? That's got to stop. Uh, another point I say, I'm happy to do what I have to do for the community in terms of keeping the systems in place lubricated and fluidly running because I wasn't here to build the roads or the sidewalks, but I enjoy the fact you're here and I definitely use them. Yada, yada, right? And I believe all that. But to say I'm happy to do it, well, that would mean that I'm smiling and energetic and joyful in the experience. And so I'm not happy to do it. I am fully and 100% uh, without pause uh, committed to doing it. I, I see it as my um, obligation as a citizen to a community of great value and would never want to let that opportunity uh, be anything other than the sort of uh, from within obligation of service to everybody around me. And, and if there was something that felt like I was uh, giving even more toward that outcome, I would go do that. And so having lived your life to the point where now it's basically you, a key, a dog and a cat, and the freedom that comes with that means that if all of a sudden we need to build wells in Sri Lanka, well, I'll, I'll be in Sri Lanka building wells. And that's a terrific feeling. And that does make me happy to do what I have to do. Happy. To do what I have to do. I may not be able to get through a month worth of working without bitching about my job, but I'll get over myself in that capacity as well. Now, <clears throat> is the South Asian comment racist? It's borderline for sure. And, and, and yes, maybe I'll even walk the door open and say it is. 
And, and for someone who believes they're not racist, I got to say that's, that's a slippery enough remark to, to always say, God damn it, I hate thinking like that, right? But in my defense, I have been very good friends in my last 15 years with three uh, natives of Southeast Asia, uh, all Vietnamese, to be fair, um, one of whom I dated for nine months. And uh, so if ever I wanted somebody to show up at a Craigslist ad to buy something for me, <laughs> well, uh, let's just call her uh, Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes is the one that I want uh, in my corner doing the negotiation. Unbelievable. Like I, I'd never seen somebody with the sort of bartering skill she had. And, uh, and the two other friends I have had similar uh, acumen in terms of negotiation. So it, it, that's a small sample size and a generic remark that has dismissive uh, overtones. So yes, in that way, it's racist. And it doesn't matter if it's barely racist, a little racial, it doesn't matter. It's grouping and dismissive, both of which I don't want to do. So if I could take that remark back, I would. But my ex-girlfriend, <laughs> again, if I was to go into a serious negotiation, I might go find her because she was that good. And Snake Eyes, to this day, <laughs> I still miss some of your rambunctious nature, but mostly I don't. <clears throat> Then there was, um, well, I think here's the thing. And so anyway, so 10 words of filler nonsense so far, that's the worst. Yes. I work at Sprouts and that's irrelevant. None of this has anything to do with Sprouts. Sprouts has nothing to do with me. It's the place I work that could change tomorrow. And not because of anything Sprouts does. If you're looking for a job with great people and great opportunities, I recommend Sprouts. I think they have given me exactly what you're looking for in corporate America. And that's a chance to find a place to be comfortable and enjoy 40 hours worth of work a week. That said, because when I speak of work, I mean in the capacity in which we all work, I never want it to be connected to my employer and it won't just be sprouts. I will talk about this in the capacity of work with other employers. That's just how it goes. So, I am divorcing myself officially from ever in any way sharing or representing a point of view that is tied to or associated with my employer, which at this current time is Sprouts or any employer in my future, past, present, etc. That's it. My views are mine alone. I share them because they have value in sharing across humanity. That's it. That's the whole point here. So. If I'm not honest and tell you the truth, then I'm shading. So I, I, I hope if you are looking for work and think you might enjoy meat counter work, that you come work with me. Why not? I'm fun to work with and I work hard. Uh, <laughs> also, the, uh, the reason that I would not have wanted to take Latin uh, was because it, I would have been terrible at it. But the reason I should have taken Latin is because, aha, uh, of course Latin is everywhere. And I'm embarrassed I implied anything else. I mean, it's the root of all Western language, for Christ's sake. Hello, Jesus. This time, your appearance was probably necessary, given my disrespect for Latin. Although, when it comes to Aramaic, well, 
I mean, at some point, right? We got to draw a line. Uh, and with that sort of descent into nonsense, I want to discuss two last concepts. I describe myself as suffocating a little too much. I'm not suffocating. I'm not even short of breath. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck off. I get it. Uh, that was kind of funny, but whatever. Um, I'm in no way even constricted in trying to find air. I breathe with free, relaxed ease. Even on frustrating days, I am not suffocating. So I've got to stop using language that makes me sound in turmoil or even posturing in some sort of distress. None of that is true. Um, and this, however, is true. I can hear the comment, bro, you think about shit a little too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, if I told you I've never heard that comment in my life, would you... No, you wouldn't believe me, because obviously I've heard that comment in my life, and I even agree with that comment. But it is who I am, and if I try to be something else, you know what I do? I think about why I'm not thinking about stuff that I should be thinking about, and thinking about stuff that I'm not. I can't stop thinking. I was born with a mind, and maybe everybody has this constant, 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 constant quest to answer questions in my head. I have a list of 3.14156, all right. I can get to at least 15 digits, but I used to be able to get to 50. It's been a little while, I don't think I can do that anymore. 3.14156, oh, fuck, I don't know. <sighs> Point is, when will the questions stop? They won't, so I'll never stop thinking. And I'll never stop overthinking because that's what I do. Now, what do you do? Well, maybe you understand simple truths that I'm too analytically spun up to even notice, have uh, discoverable moments. Good. You are here for another reason than me. But we're all here for a reason. And if mine is to think, 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 until the end of time, you know who's up for that challenge? Me. Because I'm made that way. I'm going to overthink everything. And I'm not going to apologize for it. In fact, in some ways, I'm going to ask you to start thinking harder and more often and about things more seriously. Because I do think in these times, one of the things that we have lost track of is how valuable self-reflection and questions are. We need to question everything, all the time, if we're ever going to know truth. Whenever you think you're not being given something that resonates as truthful, you should investigate it. We all should. It's our job. And right now, that job's never been more important.